Hello, I'm Ren Ferguson. I'm one of the ministers here at the Collinsville Troy Church of Christ, and I'm glad that you've tuned back in today. If you will, be opening up to uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 2, and we're going to start with verse 5 and plan to get down through verse um, 11 today. After Paul has dealt with some of these introductory things, some of these first things that he dealt with in, in chapter 1 and the first part of chapter 2, he moves on to address something here in this paragraph that is so important. In verse 5, we'll just start reading it, he says, Now if anyone has caused pain, he has, not caused, he has, has caused it not to me, but in some measure, not to put it too severely, to all of you. Now, this pain that he is talking about is not the the pain necessarily of his correction itself. What he is talking about is that pain, in a sense it's from the correction, but they had to be corrected because of what this person was doing. And so that pain was caused because of this person that was living in sin. And he's saying it wasn't necessarily caused to me. It wasn't necessarily done to me, but really to all of you. It pained all of you. He says in verse 6, and I think this is the key to understand what he's talking about, for such a one, this punishment by the majority is enough. Now, what is he talking about? So far, he has not been really mentioning he mentioned that he didn't come uh, at the end of of yesterday's session that he did not come to them because he wanted to be a joyous occasion he wrote to correct these certain things but what is he talking about this punishment by the majority well I think this is a reference all the way back to 1 Corinthians chapter 5 if you remember what is is going on in that chapter, uh, he's dealing with that brother who was living in, in fornication with his father's wife. And as Paul is, is discussing these things, he, he of course corrects them. He says in verse 2 in 1 Corinthians 5, And you are arrogant. Ought you not rather to mourn? Let him who has done this be removed from among you. For though absent in body, I am present in spirit, and, and as if present, I have already pronounced judgment on the one who did such a thing. Uh, dropping down to verse 5, he says, You are to deliver this man to Satan for the destruction of the flesh, so that his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord. Your boasting is not good. Do you not know that a little leaven leavens the whole lump? Cleanse out the old leaven that you may be a new lump, as you really are unleavened. For Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed. And even going down to verse 11, he says, Not to associate with anyone who bears the name of a brother. If he is guilty of sexual immorality, or greed, or an idolater, reviler, drunkard, or swindler, not even to eat with such a one. So Paul, making that correction to the congregation as a whole because of this brother that was living in sin with his father's wife. And so I think what he is talking about here in verse 6 is that withdrawal of fellowship from 
that brother. That punishment is enough. Continuing on to uh, verse 7, he says, So you should rather turn and forgive and comfort him, or he may be overwhelmed by excess sorrow. Reminds me of what he writes also in Ephesians 4 and verse 22, that we are to forgive one another even as Christ has forgiven us, even as God has forgiven us. We are to forgive one another. When a brother or sister is living in sin, and, and unfortunately there are times that we have to withdraw ourselves from our brethren, but if that brother or sister comes back to the Lord, comes back to the church and repents, we are not to hold anything against them. We are to not hold that over their heads for the rest of their, their lives and constantly remind them of that period of time that they were unfaithful, but to forgive them. And he tells us the reason why in verse 7, because if we don't, if we don't forgive and comfort him, he may be overwhelmed by excess sorrow. Now this is going to come into play again in verse 11, so we'll kind of loop back around to that. But keep that in mind. Verse 8, he says, So I beg you to reaffirm your love for him. Romans 12 and verse 10, 1 Peter 1 and verse 22, we are told to have that effectual and fervent love for one another. And as Peter says, it's to be out of a pure heart. As John writes in the book of 1 John, let us not love in, in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. Paul encouraging these brethren in Corinth, apparently, I, I would, uh, I believe it is inferred and that we can imply based on this passage that that brother had repented. And so he is telling them to forgive him, to show him that love and comfort that he needs. Uh, verse 9, For this is why I wrote, that I might test you and know whether you are obedient in everything. So, he, he makes them aware of one of the other reasons why he wrote, as he says, was to test them, to make sure that they were actually going to be obedient to any command, even if it was as severe and as difficult as withdrawing from unfaithful brethren. And apparently they, they passed the test. And apparently they withdrew from that brother, and that brother... Again, I believe we can uh, infer here that he did repent. Verse 10, he says, Anyone whom you forgive, I also forgive. Indeed, what I have forgiven, if I have forgiven anything, has been for your sake. And I think what he means by that is to be that example of forgiving a, a brother or sister. But then he says, in the presence of Christ. And I think that that could possibly be a reference to or another way of saying in the sight of God even kind of going back to uh, verse 23 of chapter 1 where he says but I call God to witness against me uh, and on numerous occasions Paul would call God as a witness uh, for him on certain things and what he is saying is that basically his claims the statement that he just made is in fact true and he is being sincere in it uh, just like with that in verse 23, he was being honest and true and sincere. 
that he did not return to Corinth to spare them. Uh, here, what he is saying in the presence of Christ, he had truly and genuinely forgiven that, that brother that had repented to be that example to the Corinthians of what they were to do. In verse 11, as I mentioned, circling back even to verse 7, but he says, so that we would not be outwitted by Satan, for we are not ignorant of his designs. Now, what design is that? Well, I think primarily in the context of this, this would be a reference back to that at the end of verse 7, so that the brother or sister would not be overwhelmed by excessive sorrow. I think one of the greatest tools that Satan uses is discouragement and sorrow to prevent people who otherwise would be faithful from being faithful. And sometimes he works through us in that way. If we are unloving towards our brothers and sisters, if we are unwilling to forgive them, unwilling to uh, comfort them, unwilling to, as he says in verse 8, reaffirm our love for them, that can cause them so much pain and so much sorrow that they never return to the church, that they never repent, that they never come back. And so Paul is saying here, we need to truly forgive when a brother repents, when a, whatever sin it is, even if it is something that is so, so outrageous as what this man in 1 Corinthians 5 had done, even as he mentions in 1 Corinthians 5, that sin was not even named among the Gentiles, not even named among people who were not members of the church, that's how, that's how serious this was. But that brother repented and to forgive them so that he does not become destroyed by his own guilt and shame and sorrow. So that he does repent so that he will come back to God and be faithful to him and, and have that home in heaven. So there in verses 5 through 11, he is encouraging those in Corinth to forgive their brethren that had repented. And though, again, I think this is a specific reference back to that particular man, whatever he is saying here applies to any situation that we deal with, with a brother who has sinned or a brother or sister who is unfaithful. When they repent, we are to forgive and comfort and show them that love that they need because as we mentioned that's exactly what God does for every single one of us uh, but that's uh, 2 Corinthians 2 5 through 11 I thank you for your time and for your attention here today if you'll come back on Monday we will start looking at uh, verse 12 but thank you again for your time and for your attention